Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thank you very much for joining us. Stephen St. John and Nate Pucati with Jay Gutierrez on this Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. I'll be at Nick and Jake's today from 2 and f- until 4. The Over the Park location on the 135th Street food, uh, food specials, drink specials, and there'll be a couple of big soccer matches up on the yeah on the TVs, big ones. fun TVs, Champions League. You can also come out and uh, celebrate the launching of Surfside Vodka and Tea in a ready-to-drink can on both the Missouri and Kansas side. Full flavor, no bubbles, gluten-free, 100 calories, four delicious flavors. Sunshine in a can. Made with award-winning stateside vodka, which is distilled seven times. Ask your favorite bar or retailer for it today. And I'll be at Nick and Jake's in Open the Park today from 2 until 4. Happy hour starts at 3, so get there early and get ready to celebrate. Right now, let's check in with Jack Johnson in... Arizona. What's up, Jack? Hey, guys. How's it going this morning? Did you do anything last night, Fun? Um, let's see. Oh, uh, we did a trivia night at this place called Foodies, and uh, we actually got DQ'd, got disqualified. Uh, there were no phones allowed, and even though we were in dead last place and we weren't looking up anything, uh, Seren got caught texting, so we got DQ'd. Oh, so really? We got DQ'd. We, we, we removed ourselves. Was he cheating? So, uh, no, he wasn't actually. We were we were trying to check into our flight. <laughs> getting 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 uh, busted for cheating while huh. you're in last place is a particular type of uh, huh. we, yeah. We got reported by the, uh, the the retirement home next to us. There was like ten people, and they were not happy uh, hmm. that that the phones were out. So uh, they took it very seriously. They had a reservation. They were there an hour early and. Right. Yeah, we we were never close to the top, but Sound, never had a chance either. Sounds like you chumps got stumped. <laughs> we did, we did. No, I can admit when we got our ass kicked. What, what was your team name? Oh man, uh, we had a couple of ones that are not safe for the air that we oh. <laughs> <laughs> glass half empty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> No follow up. No, I don't. I don't know where to go with that. Why? I'm, I'm just quite frankly disappointed that you guys were in last place. That's all. Still no In and Out Burger or Del Taco, I assume. I think we still have time today. I think that might be the plan. Hmm. Which one? Oh man, I, I would say, I'd say Del Taco. I don't know. I'm kind of craving a taco today over a burger, but. Who knows? Who knows? It might be Seren's call. He's the one driving. Have you had either? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like on this trip or in your life? Oh. I mean, you have, have, you, have you had in that? You haven't gone at all on this trip, right? Oh, sorry. Not on this trip. Sorry. Yeah, you no. cut out there for a second. Um, No, no, not on this trip. Not on this oh. trip. Last time I was here, got both. But Okay, there you go. Running out of time, though. We got we got to leave for this ap- the, the airport this afternoon. Okay, so uh, who were some of the people you talked to yesterday? Oh, I think I had about five guys yesterday. Michael Garcia, one of them. Austin Cox, Tyler Gentry. Uh, also sat down with Nick Lofton for a little bit. Uh, Dan Altavia, new guy in camp, minor league deal. So 
Uh, a lot more guys were actually in the clubhouse and, and open for interviews uh, yesterday. But um, I would probably say the most entertaining one uh, was Michael Garcia. I wasn't sure. I had asked Ryan a little bit, you know, how was his English or how comfortable he was speaking, you know, back and forth, even if it was for two minutes. But everybody's familiar with what he did in the uh, the Winter League and all the flair and all the antics and, and the celebrations that he had. And he assured me that that's definitely coming to Kansas City this year. He plans on doing it and kind of being that guy that everybody looks to to – have the bat flips and, and get fired up and stuff like that. He seems very, very motivated uh, after that winter league to, to be that guy to really show his true personality. His upside is what? Because I love him. I think the upside's really, really, really good. He also mentioned that this offseason he's worked a lot on his body, uh, getting a little bit stronger. I know that he was a guy that came into camp last year, I want to say around 160, 165. Uh, he's bulked up a little bit. He wants that power to be a part of his game. You know he hits the ball incredibly hard. Al Zumwalt was saying that. You know he's a guy that you don't need to change much in his swing just because he hits the ball so damn hard. And uh, even though he's probably now about 180, 185, uh, he's somebody that can hit it harder than maybe most guys on the team here. A jet flying overhead here. Uh, but I do think that there is a guy in there that there is a a top third baseman in the American League because he's so good defensively and we know how much the Royals value defense. And, and the bat can get there. I think the power will change everything from going from just a good hitter to a guy that you may need to pitch around at times. So I'd imagine he's going to be top of the order, leadoff guy, you know, right in front of Bobby Witt Jr. And he's going to get a lot of opportunities uh, early on this season to you know, be one of these best hitters because you know, they're going to want to pitch to him so when they get to Bobby Wood Jr. they're not going to have a guy on base so he's going to get a lot of hittable pitches we saw him in his best last season uh, that's when he was kind of getting those you know fastballs felt high you know, he was spitting on the off-speed stuff down in the way when he was slumping a little bit uh, that's when we saw the, the downside to his game that maybe too much of a free swinger we all know that guys that walk more have the better approach uh, they're going to be the ones that can have their hot streaks a little bit longer but I think there is a tremendous baseball player in there I think there is a guy that can really surprise a lot of people this year. Do you uh, fall in the camp of of uh, believing that a guy like that can improve his play discipline at the big league level, or is that one of those things where you just kind of are what you are? I think you can improve it. Uh, I think it also depends on who the player is. Uh, for example, Salvador Perez is the guy that's made a career off being a bad ball hitter. Uh, he is somebody that is a multiple-time all-star. He's been a silver slugger. He's had a damn near 50 home run season, and he's never going to be a guy that you know walks more at the plate. That's just not a part of his approach. But you look at a guy like Michael Garcia, younger, not as seasoned at the big league level, he doesn't have those accolades yet. And I would imagine that you know if he was working with an Alex Zumwalt or a Keone Duren and guys you know, on the coaching staff, it's, well, if I need to get better at this part of my game, if this is going to help me become that consistent piece in the lineup, the guy that can become the multiple-time all-star. Well, i got to work on uh, some things like that. Now, you know, when young hitters are struggling, uh, when they're not doing as well at the plate, they're not going to go to some of those things that make them uncomfortable of, you know, I may take that oo pitch or I may, you know, not choose to swing at the fastball on the black on one and one. So, to me, uh, he's a guy that can show a little bit more. Uh, he got a lot of playing time last year, so I think that's going to help. And there were stretches where he was able to see a lot of pitches at the top spot of the order because that's personally what I would care about more. Uh, more than the walks, if he's the leadoff hitter, he's seeing five, six, seven pitches in at bat. Uh, that's going to be great because then you get to the fifth and sixth inning, that starter may be out of the game at that point. That's what you want for your leadoff guy. Of course, getting on base is important, but if you see a lot of pitches like he can, 
all the better for the team. So I do think that it can change a little bit. He can improve that part of his game just because he's so young. He's not his season yet at the big league level. But I also think what makes him a good hitter, a guy that hits the ball so hard, is he ambushes a lot of guys like his cousin and Alcides Escobar. He he loves to jump on the first pitch. He likes to, you know, get out ahead in the count, as most hitters do at the top of the order. But I do think that is a part of his game that can improve. But he's also got to go out there and show that he can improve. Uh, we have uh, Jack Johnson on the line. I asked um, Mike Bodiger this question a little bit earlier today, and I'll ask you the same thing. Take Cole Reagans out of the equation. The other four starting pitchers who we expect to be in the rotation, Waka, Lugo, Brady Singer, Jordan Lyles. Uh, you had to put your money on one of them to have the best season for the Royals. Who is it? You know, I do think there's going to be a little bit of a bounce back for Brady Singer. I do think he's a guy that's going to pitch much better than he did last year. But if I'm putting money, if I'm feel, feeling comfortable about not losing any money, I think somebody like a, a Michael Walker is going to have a hell of a year. I think that the Royals expect him to be a guy that's a, a number one, a number two in this rotation, to really aid Cole Reagan. And, you know, he's somebody last year that you know, he's – He's been around the block. Lugo, I would like to say, is going to have a good year, but Lugo's also only been a full-time starter for a short time now. He's a reliever the majority of his career. Michael Walker, he's been around the block. He's been to multiple places. And Brent actually had him on for an interview yesterday. Really bright mind. Uh, he, he's somebody that uh, sets such a high standard for himself. Uh, last year, both those guys didn't throw a lot of innings. Uh, they weren't the, the 180, 190, sometimes the 220 guy like James Shields used to be. Of You know, when I'm getting the ball, it's going to be six or seven innings of good good ball on the mound for me. Uh, but I do think Michael Walker is a guy that stuff is really going to play well here in Kansas City. I think he's the safest bet uh, just because I think the Royals believe he's the safest bet. He's a veteran out there. Uh, you may not buy too much into veteran presence, but he's been around the block. He, he knows how to pitch in big-time games, and I think Lugo and Reagan can follow right behind him, kind of stabilizing that rotation. And if you have those top three guys performing at a, you know, a good rate, a high rate, a successful rate, that can increase the chance of a guy like Brady Singer, who's now slid to the fourth spot, as somebody that can bounce back. Because if you have four guys there pitching really well, it doesn't really matter who your fifth starter is, which right now is Jordan Lyles. So what needs to change for Singer? You know, because it's like you can also look, just you just have to look back to 2022 when he had such a good year. What, what went wrong last year? Do they feel like they have a handle on what it's going to take to have that bounce back this year? Yeah, great question. I think that Brady Singer is a guy that has good stuff. That's never been a problem for him. He's got good stuff. But I think the reason his 2022 was so good was because there still wasn't that big of a book on him, right? He debuted in the COVID season. That's a shortened year. Then 2021, he was kind of out there, but still unfamiliar. 2022, I think he got comfortable at the big league level, and people were still kind of struggling or or figuring out how to hit him. You know, you had the two-seamer with that much run. The slider was working well. But eventually, if you're just a two-pitch pitcher, guys are going to be able to figure out what you're throwing. And I think last year, uh, his his two-seam or his sinker that he kind of has with the run, it, it didn't have as much bite to it, and that wouldn't set up the slider as well. And then when those two pitches weren't working, he just decided not to throw the changeup. You know, that third pitch is so important for him. If he can have that changeup and work on I thought last year was the perfect time to do it because his year wasn't that good. And, you know, you have to work on things like that to better you for the next year and better you for the longevity of your career. 
Now in camp, you know, we've heard that Brady Singer's working on a four-seamer now for better control. Uh, he's working on more of that sinker. I'm hoping that the changeup is a part of that as well because you get to a guy that's a, a three- or four-pitch pitcher, that can kind of reopen the book on you because the, the book is closed on a two-pitch pitcher for Brady Singer. I don't know if he can be an effective big league starter if he's relying on two pitches uh, to get him through most outings. So to me, you know, this is a guy that if he can trust this stuff, if he can trust Brian Sweeney and Zach Bove to work on those new pitches, and even if things go south in a start, you got to work on those things because then you're going to have those outings where it's the sixth or seventh inning, you're running up on 100 pitches, you need other things to get you out of that inning. You need other pitches to get you past the Aaron Judges out there or the Shohei Otanis, the big-time hitters where if they're sitting on two pitches and one of them isn't working, they know where that next pitch is going and they know how fast it's coming in. And, and that's what happened so many times to Brady Singer last year. He ran out of gas too early because he was only relying on those two pitches. But I do think this new four-seam, the, the sinker, you pair that with the changeup, he has a chance to have a good bounce-back year. We have Jack Johnson on from spring training. All right, what about uh, uh, just overall your thoughts on win total? What do you think, in your opinion, would would be a success as far as a, a you know a, a big step forward from last year? Maybe give me a ceiling and a floor, and then what you expect. Yeah, another good one, and I've uh, I've been asked that a lot, and it's it's a it's a projection. I think everybody loves to make after spring training because you never know uh, what's going to happen injury wise. I think health is uh, absolutely uh, the number one important thing for for this team. They can't have too many injuries, the key guys, because I just don't know if the depth is there. If they start having some of their top guys in the rotation and the bullpen, uh, you know, go down. That's where I just get a little bit concerned that over the course of 162, they may run out of gas. But you did ask me, you know, what's the success, what's the failure? Most fans aren't going to want to hear this, but if they just compete, if they contend all the way up till September, I think that's going to sit well with a lot of people. And if that results in 75 wins, 76 wins, well, you take off the blinders, and that's a 19-20 win improvement. When you look at the American League Central last year, the Detroit Tigers were second in the division. They won 76 games. You wouldn't have thought by just the baseball standard. Other teams outside of the Central looking at that, that's a good season. But Detroit fans enjoyed it. There were sold-out games in August. Uh, there were sold-out games in September. They felt like they had a chance going into September. And even though the Twins had them at arm's length, it was in the back of their mind. I, I think for Royals fans, just to have this ability of going to Kauffman Stadium in June and July, and there's reason to be there. There is life. There is juice in the stadium rather than being out of it by April 20th. I'm not saying that it's a success if they just compete into May. I mean that, you know, regardless of win total or the record, if they can have competitive baseball from March 28th to the end of September when they finish up at Atlanta, I think a lot of people are going to buy into what's going on here. Uh, if I had to put a win total on it right now before spring training, I think it sits somewhere between 76 and 78 games. Uh, that's with still a lot going right. That's with some guys that are able to bounce back. You have, you know, we talked about MJ Melendez and Kyle Isbell. Those guys have to be, you know, contributing bats in the lineup. You know what the top guys, what they're going to give you. But to me, where this, where this team can go from a 76-77 win team to maybe even an American League Central you know, contender there for a little bit, that's when you have to have the health in the rotation. That's when you have to have the health in the bullpen, which we all know guys are going to get banged up. That's going to happen over the span of months that Major League Baseball has its season. 
But, you know, a lot more has to go right um, for this team than a lot of other teams in the Central. You know the White Sox have kind of already punted on their season. I think they're going to lose more than 100 games. Cleveland, they're always you know, kind of a thorn in the side of the Royals. They haven't done much in the offseason. You know, Detroit, their problem was offense. They didn't add a ton to that lineup. And Minnesota's still the top dog. You know, even though Minnesota lost a few guys, they didn't add too much. They are the top dog. They're the ones you're chasing. And if you are going to win this division, not saying it's likely, but you probably have to get in the upwards of 87, 88 wins. I think that can do it in the Central. So, yeah, so, so be, be specific. How many wins win the Central? I'm going to probably put it at 88 right now. I think 88 wins uh, would win the American League Central. Nate, you agree? Yeah, yeah. And I also think if they go win 75 games this year, I will think of that, like you said, Jack, I think people might think of that, hear that originally go, oh, it's disappointing. I think that's a huge step forward. But also, it's how do they win it? Does yeah. Brady Singer have a big season? Right. The, and and you're, you're looking at the big four. Bobby Witt, Vinny Pasquantino, Garcia, uh, and Cole Reagans. And then seeing like if all those guys and I would throw in big years, then you feel great about it. Yeah, that's I, the nucleus. I would throw in MJ Melendez as a big X factor. I'm not as optimistic. Maybe X as, factor doesn't go to Roy. He's the only Chiefs. Well, know. he's not banned from well, the K though, like he, he is Arrowhead. So you never know. But why do you bring him up if he doesn't go? Well, because he could. He could. They he have could. Royal Man and uh, Superfan Chris. Okay. I think. Let me see another way to phrase this. MJ Melendez is a wild card. There we go. Because I'm not as optimistic as, as Jack maybe that he's – I just haven't seen it the first two years. But if you're right, Jack, and he takes a big step forward offensively, that that changes the picture of the future of the team dramatically, right? If, if all of a sudden you got a run production bad at a corner outfield spot, um, that changes things too. So I would, I would he's not one of the big four, but – He's another player. If they get to seventy-five wins, and part of it's because MJ Melendez goes out and, and has a eight hundred something OPS, um, that, that's that's bigger than than other ways they could get there. So, yeah, I, I and I think yeah, your comments on the division are spot on. I agree. All right, Jack, have a safe trip back. You guys coming back tonight? Yes, yeah, we're leaving for the uh, the airport this afternoon, and we'll be back in Kansas City, I think, around like 1130. All right, man, great job covering the yeah. Royals off of spring training. We appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, have a safe trip back to Kansas City, all right? Hey, thank you so much, guys. See you soon. This is Jack Johnson. You know, well, you get fixated on X Factor. He ain't doing nothing now, you know. Well, you don't know that. IG Live, but that's not, well, that doesn't count. And I think he is. I think he's banned from the complex. I don't. I think it's. Is that right? Yeah. They haven't lifted that. Who would lift? I mean, why would you lift it? What would lead you to believe it's been lifted? You have, I mean, do you have like a body a lifetime ban? Evidence that says, "Hey, lift this." Jake is the one that used to have contact with all the super fans. Is it? Is it no, no, I did not. We can. And all on speed dot. You were in a text thread with him. Get us back I, in. I think it was indefinite. Is it? Is it indefinite, indefinite suspension? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time is a flat circle. Who knows? That's right. Who knows right. how long it is? We'll take That's a break. That's what I'm saying. Back after this on WHP. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHP. Uh-oh. Voice is going out, Nate. Chug, whatever that is, what the hell is that? Uh, a little kale smoothie here. Got some fruit in there. Is that all right, Jake? It's better. Yeah. Better. Okay. Criticize it. Good. Tell him. No. Nothing wrong with that. 
Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things wrong with it, I can tell you. <laughs> you don't want to tell them, I will. Is there agave in there? We have, uh, I didn't put any agave in it, no. We have the GM and head coach of the Casey Mavericks, Tad O'Head in studio. He's giving Nate funny looks on what... Does that look good to you, <laughs> Coach? Is that something you... you, you it tastes you, a lot better than it looks. Taste. Right. Is that, the key I mean, is banana. Banana cuts all the oh, is that uh, the key? The bitterness out all of it. Right. It actually tastes pretty good. Yeah, a lot of fruit in there. All right, then. Well, welcome to the welcome to the uh, studio. We appreciate you coming in. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. We were just talking about, you know, now it's kind of the, you know, the football's over and everyone takes a deep breath and there's so many other things going on, including Mavericks hockey. And I know, you know, on the weekends you've had some great crowds out there. Uh, you guys have a tremendous... Uh, nucleus of, of fans, a fan base that love the product that you're putting out there. Tell us uh, how that's been and, and how the season's gone so far since this is the first chance we've had to, to talk to you. You know what? We're, we've been off to a hot start. We've been in first place for most of all the season. Um, you know, right now we uh, we have really the probably one of the more dominant teams in the league. And, you know, I tell you what, our fan base is incredible. Last four or five Saturdays we've sold out. The Orange Army comes out. And I'll tell you what, Cable Dom Arena is an electric atmosphere, but this is an exciting year. We uh, top 10 in power play, penalty kill, um, you know, best third period team in the league. And we're having a lot of team success as well as individual success. So you're currently the top team in the ECHL, 36-9-2-1, 75 points. You only have two regulation losses since December 16th, and so you're on pace to have the best season in franchise history. And your uh, you know, last season was the team's first postseason appearance since uh, 2018 and 2019, so you're building on that success. Why have things blown up in such a positive way for you? You know what? It's really just a growth process, and it started last year. You know, we had some injuries and call-ups at the end of the year that forced us to go out and recruit some top college players. Those top college players coming into this season got that experience last year. And so although they're still rookies, they're blossoming. Additionally, uh, the relationship with Seattle and Coachella Valley, they've had a lot of trust in us in developing their players, and so they've sent us down some excellent players as well. And, And overall, we've got a really good culture. Guys love being in Kansas City. They love the atmosphere, um, and then they, you know, they love the structure in which they're playing. We want to play a fast-paced game, transition pucks quickly, high-octane offense. And one of the things we talk about in the D zone, we're work. That's our work zone, but in the O zone, that's our instinctual zone. So the the relationship with the Kraken, you mentioned sending you talented guys as a coach. How much energy does that give you? Having guys that are that are they're their best hockey's in front of them and being a part of their development on that you know that professional path. Yeah, you know what? These are these are young guys that are on the hunt, and we have a younger team, one of the younger teams in the league. And so with Seattle and Coachella, they want to see us develop their players, and we've done a good job over the past couple of years with that. And so, you know, this year, you know, they, they've sent us, uh, you know, Jack LaFontaine, who had played in the NHL for Carolina, great goaltender, off to a great start. Um, you know, we've got, you know, two rock-steady defensemen, but some of the young forward prospects, and that's what's been exciting is that these guys were draft picks in Seattle. Tucker Robertson, a fourth-round draft pick. Uh, Kyle Jackson. These are guys. Uh, Max Andreoff, one of the leading rookie goal scorers in the league, was at training camp in Seattle. These are guys that you'll see someday in the NHL um, that are at the beginning of their careers chasing it and a highly motivated group. 
So I thought this, I thought this was interesting in, in, in looking at the staff and the different people that you have working with the organization. Uh, you have a, a mental performance coach. Uh, first uh, first season with the uh, with the Mavs, and I I, I need a uh, mental performance coach to be honest with you. But I like you've seen more teams do that. You've seen more teams. I know, you know, talking with J.J. Piccolo from the Royals, they've invested in that aspect of player performance as well. Tell me a little bit about that, because I find that interesting and what impact you think that's had. I, it's been a huge impact. One of the things you look at is building the staff. And so when I came here four years ago, we want to build a complete staff. So myself, the head coach, GM, I have a great associate coach that oversees the D and the power play, brought in a goaltending coach as well. That was at Nebraska-Omaha. He's done a phenomenal job, a team nutrition strength coach, but our mental performance coach as well. The mental aspect of the game is so, so important. And these are young men, the adversity and just the the things that they deal with that oftentimes people talk about strength and conditioning, building your muscles. But no, the fact of the matter is we have to have poise under pressure. We have to handle adversity, you know, and, and we get into those situations. Sometimes it's easier, you know, to, you know, talk to our mental performance coach, Sarah Rickenbach, and have her, you know, work with them. Um, it is something that we've always planned, you know, talking with Lamar Hunt Jr. and our president, Mike Kachani, we want to build a complete staff. We want to treat this like an American Hockey League team, and we're in the process. Right now, we're being looked at as one of the top ECHL teams, and it's been a four-year process. Is that? Do you think that ties in directly to your performance in the third period? Yeah, you know, one, I'll be honest with you, we have depth. Um, I, I coach some great teams in Florida. The amount of depth on our roster, like I don't like it when guys talk about first line, second line, third line. All three of our lines could be first lines in the ECHL. Uh, our 10th and 11th forward are our, our top end forwards, and so we hit them in waves, mm-hmm. and it's a war of attrition. So the third period, when you begin to possess and cycle the puck in the ozone as long as we do, then the floodgates open up. We lead all teams in third period goals. Coming up, uh, you're going to host three games for three days this weekend against the Utah Grizzlies. And on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon's game is Faith and Family Day at Cable Dahmer Arena. And following the action on the ice, there's going to be a free post-game skate with fans and Mavericks players on the ice. So tell us about this big three-game series coming up against Utah this weekend. This is a huge series. Um, Utah's battling for their lives, you know, to, to maintain um, relevancy in the playoffs. Um, they just took two games from Wheeling, which was on a, a 12-game winning streak. I consider Wheeling to be one of the top teams in the league. This is a great test for us. This is a, a very good, well-coached Utah team. We're going to see them for three. We're going to treat this like a best-of-three playoff series. And this forces us to really sharpen our sword. I think this is great. When you see a team three times in a row, you're able to kind of look and make adjustments as each game and each period goes. But this is a team that's coming in. They're excited to be playing us. They want to play the top team. This is what we need in the middle of February to sharpen us. You can get tickets for this weekend at KCMavericks.com, Nate Bucati. Uh Phenomenal atmosphere. The, the, the facility, Cable Dahmer, is a great place to watch hockey they're not a bad seat in the house uh when the atmosphere is rocking it's 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 wildly entertaining hockey in person i would i put up there with any sport on the planet for excitement you know the speed especially if you guys are playing a fast high-paced tempo like you guys are 
Yeah, you know what? Hockey, as you said, in person. You know, people, have, if they have never been to a hockey game in person, they go, they'll watch the speed, the physicality. I, I think our front office does a heck of a job with game day promotions. It's exciting family uh, atmosphere. Um, you get a lot of value, you know, for for the cost of tickets. The Cable Dom Arena, it's electric. It's a loud arena. I know opponents like playing there, and we love playing there. All right, tell me about Patrick Curry. He's the second highest scorer in the uh, ECHL this season. Yeah, here's a young man. You know, he was captain at uh, Boston University. He's been in the American League, you know, with the, uh, you know, um, uh, Iowa. And uh, he's come in and not only tenacious on pucks, he plays a 200-foot game. So he's working as hard in the D zone as he is in the O zone. Um, He's got two great line mates in Nolan Walker and Cade Borchardt. The three of those guys have so much chemistry and connectivity. And the pucks finding the back of the net but the thing i love about that kid you know not only power play but he's working his tail off on the penalty kill he's a guy that absolutely competes on loose pucks and he's having a great deal of success when you have three first lines as you called it i mean i'm I'm sure it's a great problem to have but is it does it make it more challenging figure out how how you want to work the rotations yeah, so there's two things. One, you know, when we're on the road and we've had a successful road record, you know, teams are able to match our lines. It's hard to match our lines when you have three first lines. I would say the challenge of me as a coach is the balance and making sure that everyone gets fed. Yeah. Every, everyone's feeling important because, you know, you worry sometimes, you know, the disease of meat. Mm-hmm. And so we want to see guys get theirs. We want to see guys have success. And so, you know, it's a lot of managing personalities, a lot of managing guys having success we talk a lot about selfless acts you know how can we be a selfless team um and so it's it's a it's a good problem to have but it's still a problem bill self always says uh if we win the pie gets big enough that we all get to eat right and and the way you guys play that that up-tempo style does that make it easier because guys are exhausted you know what i mean like hey if you if you just go out there and bust it for however long your shift is Everybody's going to get to play at this this tempo. That's exactly right. That's what we preach. Hey, let's go out there. You know, let's get after it for thirty five seconds to get off. Forty seconds get off. When those uh, shifts uh, go into fifty seconds or even a minute, all you're doing is creating resentment. We don't want that. We want to play fast, high tempo, empty the tank, get off. I'll get you out there again. We'll mention also racing night in partnership with Kansas Speedway. It's coming up on March 1st. Also, affiliation night is going to be March 16th. You still have 11 regular season home games remaining, including the three that are coming up uh, this weekend. And, you know, you talk about how much talent you got on the team. Four players in the top 20 in points scored this season. Also, two of the top three rookie scorers in the league. And so the best is yet to come, especially it looks like this team is ready to roll in the postseason, too. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. You know, we're just trying to gear up and get ready and do things the right way. Put us into playoff success. Maybe, Katie, we got to go out. Uh, we got to catch a couple of Mavericks. Absolutely, games. man. I, I would love to do that. Let's go. Get your ass out on the ice. You know what? Or something. I used to get out on the ice some. No, yeah. Used to, yeah. I've been limping around the office. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if that's right a good day. idea at this point in my life. I, actually, I did go. I still got my hockey skates and took the kids ice skating oh, three boy. or four times this winter and did all right. Held Coach, up. we might have to get in, get in contact with promotions and see if we can something, you know, and during the intermission or whatever, get them out there and. I don't know what I don't know what used yeah, to be with the, the franchise, but he's willing to do it. I'm not I'm not like a, a very advanced. We'd like skater. to see you skate. I, I used think, to go play know. pickup hockey with Denny Matthews, Ryan Lefevre, and Matt Stairs back in the day. There, there's, there's his resume, <laughs> coach. Does he pass? Is he ready? They were all way better than me. 
Well, I'll tell you what, it's great that you guys are having an awesome season, a dominant season, and we appreciate you coming in, and hopefully we can have you on again before the postseason, get everyone fired up, and it should be some great crowds uh, this weekend. And, you know, you get this opportunity for anyone out there that's on the fence that, hey, you know what? Football season's over. I want something to do. I should go to a Mavericks game. Tell people why they should go out there, what they're going to see. Yeah, you know, you're going to see a, a, a group of guys chasing their dream to get to the NHL. It's action-packed, heavy hits, great skating, a lot of offense, you know, and it's a great family atmosphere. Kids absolutely love it. It's action-packed, and it's uh, it's it's full of value. It's um, cost-effective, and uh, it's an outstanding uh, atmosphere at Cable Dahmer Arena. I'm sold. It's uh, yeah. Mavericks GM and head coach Tad O'Head. All you have to do to get tickets for any of the games remaining, including this weekend, is go to kcmavericks.com. Coach, good luck, and we hope to talk to you again real soon. Thank you. We'll be right back after this on WHB. I just saw a tweet from uh, Eric Hosmer that he's excited to take on the new challenge, Moonball Media, and the first project, the Digging Deep podcast. He said the playing days are over, unfortunately. But he's committed to giving back to baseball, the baseball community that helped shape his life. Episode one is live now. I just retweeted that. But damn, man, we're just we're, we're so we've been here so long. We just see careers <laughs> start, and then finish. Right. We see people's children playing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I covered that person, and now his kids playing on the team. Okay. Haas, doesn't feel like it was that long ago. It does not. It, we, we were doing daily updates on his Omaha stats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna check in. No, it's it's that's that is. There's nothing to talk about at the major league level, so we were checking in on Haas down in the minors. That is a crazy. So, do you know what? Uh, Documentary series I started watching on Netflix last night. It's actually pretty good. Like, I, I think I watched first two or three. Um, the behind the scenes of the uh, American Gladiators series. Oh yeah, is that different than the ESPN one? Yeah, there's a Netflix one and there's a Thirty for Thirty one. Is yeah. there a Ken Burns one? <laughs> I don't. I don't know which one's better. But I just I need I needed to watch something, and so I, I, I watched. It's it's pretty good. It's really good. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I remember watching a 30 for 30, I think. Yeah, I didn't watch a 30 for 30, but this is like six episodes. So I think it probably gets a little Where bit more in depth. I, maybe I did watch the Netflix one. I mean, because I remember several. And they've, got, they've got all of them now, what they look like now, and yeah. talking about what they, you know. It's horrible. Oh, yeah, they got the hell beat out of them. Horrible. Um, I mean, it was how it came about. It was pretty interesting. I mean, the amount of money they were making, and then the amount of money the create quote unquote creator was making. Breakthrough and Conquer was always the best. Yeah, remember we, when you try to, to just base a score yeah. touchdown and then yeah. you have to wrestle we, them? That was <laughs> we broke our couch. My brother, I and always doing that. I wanted. I did that with so many friends. That you know, Breakthrough and Conquer. Right, it's football and wrestling. Let's go. That's right. That was fun to watch. Loved American Gladiators back in the day. I got a kick out of it. It was really interesting yeah. how it how it was developed and 
And they showed like the the uh, the pilot that they shot. It was so bad yeah. oh, they yeah. couldn't show the whole thing. Like, <laughs> when they tried to sell it, it was like it was it was terrible. Like some of the original games were awful and they didn't work. It was just it was pretty funny. But they found a way to make it work. Oh yeah, like there were two people they brought in a new director and uh, a new producer. It totally changed everything and they repackaged it and figured out how to make it uh, entertaining for people to watch on TV. It's so. a crazy story because the, the quote-unquote creator kind of stole it from somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the American way? Yeah. Of course. I guess. I like the tennis ball. The thing where they would yeah. shoot tennis balls yeah. at guys that were trying to go across the yeah. obstacle course. The exactly right. <laughs> and when they would do the joust with the big Q-tips. Yeah. I see the joust used to be something different. And yeah. then they got some people got hurt really bad doing it. Yeah. And so then... <laughs> <laughs> you have to see it. People hit their heads and stuff. It's like so, I shouldn't be laughing. Like, oh, you know, it's kind of funny. It was like they 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 put zero effort into safety yeah. or anything. And they were just getting hurt left and right. And so finally they and they brought in a, a, a marine that, that came in and trained everyone on the and changed. It was it was just really I don't know. It's some of the watch when I was a kid, I enjoyed watching that. Uh, today. From 2 to 4 o'clock, I'll be at Nick and Jake's in Over the Park on 135th Street. Come out and see me. Their happy hour starts at 3, but if I'm there, then happy hour starts at 2, doesn't it? Hey! Don't expect me to talk very much. My voice will probably be gone, but we've got hand signals. You can write me messages. Uh, if you have my phone number, you can text me. Um, whatever. I think Mike Bodiger's going to try to be out there. Nate Katie's going to be there. He said watching multiple soccer games. Mm-hmm. Um... I think my mom's going to try to make it by if she can. Wonderful food, wonderful drink, wonderful specials. I'll find something to give away. We're going to have a good time out of Nick and Jake's today from 2 until 4 o'clock. Right here on Sports Radio 810 WHP.